You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. Rest in peace. Opening day is tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. Opening day is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, no more of this fake baseball shit, Columbus. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's, there's a lot of fake baseball. There's a lot of real baseball, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Well, of, hey, well, meaningful baseball, right? Yeah, meaningful I feel like, uh, by the way, uh, shout out to, to RotoWare. They sent me a meaningful baseball t-shirt, but they sent it to my old apartment, so I got to go pick it up tomorrow uh, when I go to Fenway and then tell them what my new address is because... Uh, they said they were nice enough to send me a meaningful baseball T-shirt, which I will be wearing uh, at some point. Um, I want to just run down the line here. And because it, it let's just say you're listening to this on opening day. Maybe you saw it in your, your Spotify, iTunes, whatever the fuck feed on Wednesday. And you said, you know what? I'm going to save this podcast for Thursday when I wake up to just get in the, in the holiday spirit, the opening day spirit. Uh, Two part question. I think Dallas and I might have discussed this before. I have very sound logic behind this. Uh, I can't remember what you said, though. Uh, should should opening day be a holiday? Uh, yeah. Next question. Jay, hey. <clears throat> uh, I think the time-honored tradition of figuring out bullshit excuses to get off of work and or school is something that I would like to keep intact. That's where I'm at. I fuck fuck other people that don't like baseball getting the day off because of our great game. Like I think it's you if that's part of being a baseball fan, you save up those sick days, you save up those vacation days and however it shakes out, it's like, yeah, I'm taking off opening day because I I love my team. If you have a well, what time me, what time is the A's game on on West Coast time? We will be the last game shown oh. on the docket. Everyone so caught, you know what? Eyes, the main event A's. That's what people, <laughs> there's a lot of people calling them the main event A's. Uh, going on last because that's what the baseball world needs. Is uh, <laughs> the, that's what they want. That's, that's what, what they, they want. want. That's how they drew it up. They literally drew it up that way. They were making the schedule like right now. They're already working on the schedule for next season. Mm -hmm. And that's where the brain trust was like, we haven't even seen him play a game yet. We know what the people need. Right. Yeah, that's true. I just found out yesterday that Cole Irvin's on the Orioles. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah, wow. I didn't know that. Um, uh, well, Joey, do you think that opening day should be a holiday? Uh, probably not. That probably makes a little sense. Mm -hmm. The whole scheme of things. Maybe World Series Game 7. The game seven clause mm. all day, but that's during nighttime. But, you know, I'm riding with Jay on this one that uh, that's part of the fun. Yeah. The, 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 like the, the argument was better what, what, 20 years ago. We could have had like, do you expect me to sanely and soundly defend <laughs> turning opening day, which is clearly our nation's third favorite sport at this point, maybe into a national? I can't I can't justifiably pass that, but I will. Yeah, NFL, I, I, feel, I feel basketball. Like, I feel like I feel baseball. baseball and NBA playoff numbers were similar. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like they were similar. 
I'm, I'm not talking about playoff numbers. I'm talking about just overall attraction to a sport mm. where we're at. We are not second behind the NFL as much as I would I, love to. I believe. think the World Baseball I Classic will s- thrust us back into first. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm willing to accept that as well. I'm willing. To, a lot of people are I'm more than willing to accept yeah. that as well. I just, well, yeah, because I'm with you guys. I love the idea. Of, like for me, I look at it like this: like, oh, I'm sorry. Like that's unfortunate that you don't enjoy baseball to that extent. But you're the loser for that, not me. Um, fuck you. This is my national holiday, so it already is mine. I'm not waiting for anyone to to d- determine or decree that it, it, it is a national holiday for me. But I understand where you guys are coming from. You know? Yeah, I mean, you could argue either way, like what what sport is more popular. But I would maybe I'm in a bubble of baseball, but I feel like opening day in baseball is way bigger than opening day in basketball. Christmas day in basketball is bigger than opening yeah. night or whatever the fuck they do. Exactly. Yeah, but, but so like the opening the opening weekend of the NFL, like uh, it, it's like opening day, and I think I think it's this way for a reason because fans remember whether or not you played baseball when you were sixteen or you were done after that first go round when you were eight. You remember having an opening ceremony, an opening yeah. day at Little League, and that was really fucking cool because you Speaking got to wear uni for the first time. You got to go to the snack bar. You got to play games if you had a carnival and shit. And if you were on the upper level teams, like you played on opening day, right? So like T-ball teams, you're probably not playing. Uh, what we called minor B, which was the pitching machine. Minor A, kids pitch against each other. And then majors, like this is majors. Only the major teams got to play on opening day. And all the kids in our neighborhood would stay the whole day for all of those games. And I was doing that before I was ever even on a fucking T-ball team on opening day. So for fucking seven years, eight years, I was going to my little leagues opening day and it's a fucking thing. And I think that's why people are still so married to the idea and enthralled with opening day and what it means. Cause you haven't forgotten how fucking cool it was. I, uh, Two two quick stories. First one, uh, I'm I'm running out of availability because I've been asked to throw out the first pitch at not one but two different little league opening days this year. Go uh, do it. Go uh, do it. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm renting like a Cadillac limo to get out of. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go there in a three piece suit and just throw an absolute fuzzball to to Johnny from down the street, and then just walk off while packing a lip. Um, and then the <laughs> the other story that I just remember because Dallas just saying that when uh we went to Kowloon the other night with uh YP and my buddy Mike that's doing all the work on the house, and uh, we walk in that main entrance there. And there are some kids set up there with uh, uh, they were doing like a raffle for Saugus High. <laughs> and uh, they're like, hey, like, do you want to like, buy tickets for the raffle? And I walked up to the table and I was like, you guys ever heard of the Saugus Rocket, the legend of the Saugus Rocket? And they're like, no. <laughs> YP was like, he's like, yeah, man, it's a it's a mythological being like you guys wouldn't even understand. Like it's beyond your comprehension. And then, you know, I just was a good guy, donated to the cause uh, for the kids. It's always for the kids. Um, But I am I am throwing out the first pitch at two Little League opening days this year. Yeah, you you need to go do it. I I was poised to do so, but we got washed out down here. And this is this is what you got to do, Jared. 
and I, I'll I'll give you my idea so so you can go do this there because okay. this is how this is how you grow the game. All right, yeah. and this is what this is what these little leagues wanted me to do. And since opening day is already come and gone, I want you to do this now. What do you think they asked me to do for them on opening day? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, were they listeners of the podcast? Like, I, I don't know if the they're parents, going. Parents are definitely listeners of the podcast. I mean, like, throw out like a, a first pitch in a full pirate costume. <laughs> They want live ABs. Oh. They were like, yo, bring the blitz ball, bring the fucking strike zone, and we want all the smoke. Oh. So you, the, the, the parents wanted to face you. No, the parents wanted their, the parents wanted to send their kids up oh. to just get absolutely demoralized. Up. See, yes. That's horrible. What a horrible <laughs> yeah. thing to do to your kids. Yeah. That's, but they're gonna pump, that's gonna they're discourage gonna them from ever wanting to play again. No, like the idea is, you know, oh, former big leaguer, blah, blah, blah. And they understand like, you know, hey, if you start whizzing these balls in there, they know you're a big leaguer. They're going to just be like, well, and, and that's the whole point mm. is to show them something that they can't. You're not even, ready. As as YP said, they can't even comprehend, you know, <laughs> but they, they would they would fucking absolutely love that. So if you if you find time, if you I mean, again. My idea, giving it to you. But yeah, you, you do the limo. The you depends know, on how much the, the limo is per hour. If I can only get all this <laughs> in in one hour, then <laughs> that's no, that's the thing is you get him. You get the limo guy mm -hmm. to take part in this. Look, you just park the whip right there, right on the fucking baseline. All right. We're going to whip. We're going to bounce out, pop up the strike zone. You're the umpire. I'll fucking embarrass a couple of these kids, throw a first pitch out, sign a baby, and we'll be done. Mm hmm. That's funny you guys brought up that you're that you were invited to do <clears throat> local little league first pitch stuff cuz uh I also plan on going down to the local little league field and and doing some first I, nobody invited me they don't know I'm coming <laughs> but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great for everybody um that I, I wonder if you could get away with that like if uh just, like just if Jay Hay just like yeah, just walked out into the middle of the diamond in the middle of the ceremony and just like chucked a baseball <laughs> Just like, thank you guys. Woo. Just fucking sailed one off the backstop. All the presidents out there talking, addressing the fans. Remember, this is a game, parents. This is a. <laughs> Jay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Whose fucking dad is that? Nobody knows that guy. No. Nobody knows that guy. No. Uh, good stuff. That won't be until. Um, seems kind of late, but. Saturday, April 29th. That is Damn. a late opening day. Late yeah. league. What league? No, I said late league. Uh, uh, it's a late uh, league. Uh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to, maybe I'll have Jake come and film it. Yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, make a whole production out of it. I'll, yes, I'll, I'll do the limo. <laughs> I swear to God. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> There's no there, like the Jared, the opening <laughs> shot of the video is your your fucking size eight and a half stepping right out whoa, of the limo. Whoa. Hitting, wh what? 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 Hitting the dirt, right? My whoa. sneakers and the is, door are bigger than the that. door flies open. <laughs> and it's like, boom. I mean, the camera doesn't have to pan too far up because you're, you know, full shot. I'm like five right eleven, dude. And, and, and How tall are I, you? You're like six feet can, even. You're like barely I can taller direct than me. this thing. I yeah. can direct this. Thing. Come fly out. You won't pussy. Come, <laughs> come direct it. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if Saga's Little League opening day is is moving the needle for me. I mean, it <laughs> is. It's the uh, what the twentieth anniversary of the Little League oh. World Series team, which is why I was like, I don't know why you want me there. Like I was not on that yeah. team. I, uh, yeah, don't you have like a kid that played on that team? <laughs> I missed, I was, uh, I was one year after them. Oh, just aged out. Mm-hmm. So unfortunate. Yep. That's like, uh, <laughs> only if you would have found a way to get back. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't think of the, the signature forging until many years later, but I was basically the Nomar Garcia par of that team. I was there, but I, I just, I wasn't quite there. Mm. tough yeah it is our uh uh we're wrapping up the predictions on on this podcast which is more or less what people tune in for uh people people love the award season uh predictions that we do here but before we do that buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful if you're trying to get a's tickets let's make this easy okay Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Like, for a perfect example, I went out to Oakland, and I was very stressed about whether or not I can get tickets to the Coliseum. I was like, how am I going to get seats? How the hell am I going to get a ticket to what again what they're calling the main event and this is not just like an oakland thing this is a a global thing within the within the game of baseball how am i going to get these tickets well game time came through because it is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And game time guarantee means that you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's a pretty great deal. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email, which is something that I always did not love about buying tickets online experience. And we get a deal for you. You can download the GameTime app right now, create an account, and use the promo code Jared, that is J-A-R-E-D, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem your code Jared for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Enjoy opening day. Uh, with the Game Time app. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay. Um, were there any news and notes that we wanted to hit on before we uh, got to some of these awards? Uh, yeah, brutal news. Uh, well, I mean, brutal-ish, I guess. But uh, 
McWinsey, my guy, team actress yeah. McKenzie down, starting the season on the injured list with the shoulder. Uh, Jay, hey, I know that probably doesn't excite you too terribly much. Um, but yeah, just sucks for him because, uh, one, I like the kid. He's a hell of a pitcher. And I think he was poised to take another step into becoming a frontline starter. A Cy Young contender, I would even say. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the makeup is there. The stuff is there. Mm-hmm. The, the learning curve has, <clears throat> has been attacked by him. Like the I, student of the game is there. I love, I love everything about, I mean, that, that was, that was one of the first things I remember telling you, like that was one of the first things that really excited me about him was just talking to him because initially conversations happen and there's a lot of listening going on, which is great. But at times you also like to have a lot of questions fired at you as well. And that was something that TMAC was all about asking questions, wanting to learn. Every time I see the dude in, in town, whether we're in Cleveland or they're in Oakland, I, I fucking, I love talking to him, love talking to him. So yeah, I just saw that. That sucked. Kind What's the timetable? Is it a month? Six to eight, six to eight weeks. Hmm. Don't love that. So immediately, like fair to say you start the season down six to eight, like you don't really have a shot at the Cy Young. Like the Cy Young is no. like, that's, that's the top dog that's been taking the ball every fifth day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're talking, I mean, and whether or not it starts at the beginning of the year happens at the end, it doesn't matter. You're talking about two months worth of work. You know, we're talking, we're talking lots of innings. Mm. So that, yeah, mm. that was, that was the one thing that I don't want to say stuck out, but the one thing that I was thinking about, come on, man, fucking really right before the season. Not great. Uh, Joseph, I've been throwing around the take that uh, I got the Atlanta Braves leading the majors and in, in victories this year. How do you feel about that? It's pretty obvious. <laughs> Is that supposed to be like a hot take? No. I mean, it makes you smart. It doesn't, I mean, when it's like, you know, obviously Jared's smart. Yeah. You're saying chalk. It's a chalk take. That's not a chalk it's take. A ch- it's a chalk take. That's not a chalk take. I mean, aren't they, yeah, aren't they, aren't they slated to, to win the most games in baseball? No, the Astros. Aren't they predicted? The no. Astros? Yeah. I thought it was a duck. No. No, uh, well, uh, again, I haven't. What, what, are the, what were the Astros at? What did we say? Because we looked at Fangrass the other day, right? Fangrass is stupid, dude. Fangrass That's is That's why stupid. I'm asking you what you're looking at. What did you look at? The rocket projections, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't have that website. The models. Yeah. We've got Braves. We've got uh, uh, algorithms. You don't know, Dallas. Saga Cybermetrics. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, fucking Karabalus math. Yeah, what is uh, what what's the what's the new video that you're working on, Joe? Uh, it's just gonna cover all the new rules and the implications and how good or bad or whatnot rules rules new rules. Mm. Hot button issue in the sport. I don't know if you guys heard. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of new shit going on. What do you think? What do you think is going to be the most talked about rule change? By the All Star break. Oh, by the All Star. I would break. say, I mean, it's got to be the pitch clock. It's just there. I don't know. It's I, the, I feel like if if guys that are seeing a huge boost in their numbers because of the banning of the shift, maybe that's it. Well, that's <clears throat> there's only going to be there's only going to be I don't want to say a limited number of guys, but uh, there's going to be a smaller group of people that are largely impacted by the shift than I think. 
we realize or that that we think are going to pop up. Like we're not going to see, I don't think we're going to see 50 guys whose numbers look completely different than what they did last year because of the shift. I think we might see five guys who are impacted really? on a large scale. And I've said it before, I believe those to all be left-handed hitters. Not exactly sure who they look at, look like right now. I know um who did we bring up the other day? Jay Seeger? Seeger, yeah. Seeger. Um you know, so th- those are the kind of guys that are going to feel the biggest impact of this. I don't know that it's a a huge, wide-ranging, like, oh, man, high-fiving before the game. Thank God that shift, right? It's fucking June. (laughs) Things look so much different last year with that motherfucker anchored up the middle. Like, no, it's kind of the same. I've seen some, like, mixed um, opinions on that, how much effect it will have. Some people say it will have, like, barely any. But it's, I think it's the hardest thing to gauge because all the minor league testing, there's just not as much shifting as in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. which I think last year was like 34% of the plays had a shift on it. Mm-hmm. And in the minors, it's way less than that. So it's kind of hard to predict. But I think that's a good point, Jared, because like I think pitch clock, first two weeks of the season, it's going to be like the biggest thing. And they'll get in spring training, Like it was in spring training, but after a month, two months by all-star break, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, hopefully. Well, what it, like this is what's going to happen. So as a pitcher, when the shifting and stuff started to occur, you were used to defenders being somewhere visually a ball off the bat before you even snap your head around to follow it. You know where your defense is, right? So you can gauge that ball going to a defender and you knew what that looked like off the bat. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, shit, he's not there because he's shifted somewhere like, damn, I wish that guy was there. Fans. Went through the same thing. Ball gets hit up the middle. You used to be excited about it. Well, the last 20 years, ball up the middle has meant it's going right to a guy who's stationed right there at second base. So the idea of seeing a ball off the bat, hard hit up the middle, used to be a hit, hasn't been the last 10, 15 years. Very well could be more so than it has been. But remember, you can pinch those guys up the middle. So fans are going to have to get used to seeing that ball squeak through before they realize they're never going to put another guy back there, this is getting back to what the game used to look like beforehand. And fans, these days, they, I don't think they remember what that looks like. Because if you've been watching baseball the last 10, 15 years, and that's it, if you're a 15-year-old kid, you have no idea what it's like to station a guy squarely. You don't know what yeah. that game of baseball looks like. You, you, you don't know. So it'll, it'll be, be... I mean... Sorry, but there I saw a stat yesterday that said like BABIP for lefties in spring training this year is like 328, which is way more than righties. I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't I doubt it, but like that's a crazy impact. If that happens throughout the season, it's like that's a lot. Yeah, well, right-handers are the ones that just have to hang with them, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the one thing with I like I like all the new rules. I like all of them. That but the shift one is the one that kind of worries me the most long term like if that's just gonna like incentivize more power hitting lefties who swing for the fences because they're that much better because without a shift like it just could be just more three true outcomes because th- those are the players who are doing the best even more than it has been what do you mean you got a power hitting like are you saying a power hitting lefty is going to look at the shift and decide to just continue to try to drop dick yeah i mean As yeah a- that's the well, that, that's, I think so. That's, Do you think that, their approach is going to change that much? No, so let's let's use a power hitting lefty as an example. Are you? Do you think 
the approach for Jordan Alvarez is changing. I doubt it. Okay. I would agree with you. Do you think the approach of a guy, and I'm just, I, I, I don't know, um, a guy who's going to hit 10 to 15, you think his approach changes? No. Why not? And, and, I, well, and, I, and I'm here to tell you, as somebody who might be in charge of that individual's career, we're going to sit down and have a conversation about that. Because <laughs> well, your comes- 10 to 15 don't mean as much if your number is 230, but if your mm-hmm. number's 280, and you've got eight homers. I'd like to think that somewhere along those, somewhere along the route here, you've been provi- you've been providing other guys with run scoring opportunities. So, what player better suits what we need right now as an organization? Those that's where the conversations are going to take place. You're trying to now talk a guy into a different approach that he might not be getting paid for. That's going to be a tough conversation to have. So, I'm with you. I understand, but I think. And it just all goes back to the compensation until guys get paid for it. You're not going to see the adjustments, but they have to find the value in cutting their approach down before they just make a wholesale commitment to doing so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to like when there was a shift, there was a huge incentive for one of some of these guys to just like try to hit the ball to the left side, bunt to the left side. And, you know, nobody did it because it's fucking hard mm-hmm. and it do- didn't pay off in the long run. So, like, I don't see now that there is no shift. Why would they now start trying to cut down on swings? If anything, well, it's could just incentivize more, makes these pull happy, freaking uh, home run hitting strikeout guys even better, which is going to create more of them. Yeah, I mean, because the idea is you don't want Matt Olson trying to push the ball down the third baseline, right? Yeah. And if you've got Matt Olson trying to push the ball down the third baseline, you've won that at bat. Is what you're is what you're thinking because the guy can do damage and now he's not. He's just trying to put the ball on the ground. I'll take that all day. Yeah. But that's just like really the only thing, only part of these rules that worries me at all, basically. Other than that, I love every single one of them. And I think coming off the WBC and just a casual fan watching these games and like the the pace is going to be so much better. Oh yeah, the pace of game is I mean, that's going to be the conversation. I think after the first month, people are going to look up and realize like, damn, on the whole, these games have been 20 to 30 minutes shorter. So, I mean, do you, sorry, Jared. Well, on on that note of of the pace with Dallas, I'm just curious. I don't know how much you can even share, but from the broadcaster standpoint, what what have the conversations been like with like your producers or your bosses on how you're going, like you can't tell stories anymore. Like the pace is so much so that you like, where, where are you putting in ads? Like where, where are you doing like your, your ad reads and stuff? Like what have those conversations been like from a broadcaster standpoint? Yeah. The, uh, a lot of that gets done early. <clears throat> so coming back from break, you're going to get an ad. That's how we're coming back from break is with ads. So, as that TV screen pops up, you're listening to me sell you some shit, and then boom, baseball. And I'm probably finishing up, and it happened twice, and this is the first time it's ever happened to me. Probably finishing an ad read while, while the pitch someone's is being hacking, thrown. yeah, while the pitch is being thrown. And I'm a very good reader. I'm an eloquent speaker. I can articulate. And for me to get caught, not caught, but there's nowhere for me to go. Mm-hmm. I have to either make a decision between finishing the read 
or laying out for the action. And if it's a first pitch of it at bat, the rule is keep talking. <laughs> yeah, that's why you guys forgot how many outs there were the other day. Mm. How fucking how about that? <laughs> how about that? We were we were up in the booth and we, <laughs> we they they started running off and we looked at each other. We're like, is is anybody gonna like we can't say anything over the air? Like, is anybody gonna say anything? It's fucking two outs. Aggie just took the ball and fucking ran off the field. <laughs> What's going on? Nothing. Fucking full in between anything, raking the field, commercial, fucking and we're back. Um and we have completely fucked this up. I gotta let you know. Um <laughs> we took off with two outs. You gotta play three the whole time. So we're gonna redo this. Uh Giants are gonna come back on the field because they're still hitting. <laughs> that was it was wild. I mean, that spring training, like, couldn't both managers just agree, like, ah, let's just call it three. Yep. Sure <laughs> you could. could. You could if you want. Sure could. And here's the best part about all of this is I had a fucking plane flight, right? 5.05 p.m. So I'm looking for this game to be three hours, please, because airport's six miles away. I can make it. No problem. And this shit starts to happen. This shit starts to unfold. It's already been a long fucking game, and I'm just watching the clock going, don't you fucking dare bring these son of a bitches back out here to play this fucking third of an inning and then start it all over. We're ready to start a whole other inning. What are you doing? <laughs> sure enough. And I was just fucking sweating. Like, I'm never going to fucking get home now. I'm because ne- the only flights left were I was going to have to get on a plane and go to fucking Sacramento. That was going to connect in Vegas and then get home. I was like, fuck this. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> before we get into the predictions, listen, there's so much basketball to watch right now. It's crazy. And like a ball with a funky spin, it could be hard to get a handle on it all. Now you can stay on top of the madness with the Xfinity 10G network. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a shot. And if you're on the go, Xfinity will be right there with the assist with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Um, my buddy Mike that I was just talking about that we went to Kowloon just got kicked out of an Xfinity store yesterday. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> for for what can i ask for what uh like so we're putting up the tv wall and every box works except for one box uh so he had to go like the xfinity store and then they were like well we have to send you a new box and he's and he's i mean he cares this is why he's he's so great uh he cares more about getting the wall done before opening day than i do really like I, I, I can if, if I only have eight TVs instead of nine, it's gonna be okay. But he was like, "What opening day is on Thursday?" He's like, "We we need this box." And they're like, "Sir, you're you're really upset. You need to leave." <laughs> <laughs> opening day, you're yeah. fucking upsetting me, and I'd love to leave with a fucking TV or yeah. a box or whatever. Yeah, they drop your name in there. You guys know Jared. <laughs> you guys know the Saugus Rocket, right? You guys know this guy. You guys are on Twitter, maybe a podcast. Uh, it's kind of fucking important. Yeah. We have 20 TVs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Like this guy, you're going to tell me that my guy's only going to have eight TVs up and running on my opening day. <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> if you have one TV that doesn't work, who, who, what team are you leaving off? Ooh. Let me look at the opening day slate. This is probably a good, good thing to do anyway. If I don't know it, I'm sure there's plenty of other people that are like, what the hell? Who's playing on opening day? Um, MLB.com slash scores. That's what I always go to. Here we go. So Thursday, March 30th. Braves Nats at 105. Uh, Giants Yankees. What a weird opener. Um, Red Sox Orioles at 210, 220. You've got Cubs Brewers. Uh, at 310, you have Rays Tigers. 405, you have Rangers Phillies. Uh, 410, you have Reds Pirates. Another 410, you have Padres Rockies. At 410, you also have Blue Jays Cardinals. Uh, Twins Royals at 410. Mets Marlins at 410. White Sox Astros at 708. Uh, A's Angels at 1007. D backs Dodgers at 1010 and then Guardians Mariners at 1010. Did they just like make this schedule so it's like there's not a single marquee matchup that you're like, fuck, I gotta tune in for that one? The fuck are you talking about? The big southpaw on the bump for the green and gold, Kyle Muller blowing 94s, 95s on the tit in the town. That doesn't get you excited, Jared? fuck are you That's doing clown, bud? Question, bro. clown question showtime is also going to be all out of the show otani is going to be pitching too That's, That's what I'm saying. Like, otani is just like out of all of this otani actually you know what guardians mariners bieber versus castillo is going to be good uh dylan cease versus framber valdez okay you have my attention yep. sandy alcantara versus max scherzer yep i'm in on that uh, Granky versus Lopez. All right, that's that's pretty interesting. Granky uh, Scherzer, look out for a punch out parlay, an opening day punch out parlay. Ooh, over in Texas, Jacob Degrom making mm. his Rangers debut uh, versus Aaron Nola. That's exciting. Mm. Um, Corbin Burns versus Marcus Stroman. Okay, I could get into that. Uh, Logan Webb versus Garrett Cole. Eh. The Web Slinger. Max Freed versus Patrick Corbin. I don't know. Whew. Yeah, there's some good pitching matchups. Well, that is a couple lefties don't get you going. Come on. A couple <laughs> lefties don't move it for you. <laughs> Give me the lasties. Patrick uh, Corbin being an opening day starter is a disgrace. <laughs> wow. I like wow. Patrick Corbin. How do you He's start a, a guy dude. with a six ERA last year as your opening day starter? And the year before it was like five and a half. Terrible terrible yeah the contract doesn't it didn't it didn't age super great um alec manoa getting the start against the cards in st louis mm. and there's uh, zach gallon versus uh julio arias manoa yeah could we be hearing his name a little later we'll see We'll see. Did you look at my notes? Did they, Jake, did they post my picks yet? No, they're not public yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. They, DraftKings asked me for my picks yesterday. I was like, we didn't put these out on the podcast yet. Can't, can't be giving away the picks before the, the pod drops. 
<clears throat> I'm sure Dallas, I know who Dallas's uh, MVP is going to be. Shote <laughs> honey. Sigoy! <laughs> Uh, um, all right. Like I, I don't even need to, you don't even need to ask me my pick as long as that guy's playing baseball. Yeah. 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 Uh, where do you want to start? Wait, wait. You want to start with the uh, manager of the year? Ooh, manager of the year. What do we get? We got manager of the year, rookie of the year, Cy Young and MVP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go. Let's uh, go. Let's start with the manager of the year. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like if they're going to win the division, the manager of the year has got to be Charlie Montoya. Uh, uh, no. It's got to happen. I don't think that's true. I don't think that it's that's gotta true. It's got to happen. And I mean, I, I, I did pick them to win the division, but I don't, I don't know that that's the guy. Jay, hey, you have a thought? Uh, yeah, I think we need to consider that they fired Charlie Montoya last year. <laughs> he's not the manager of what team <laughs> the toronto blue jays no 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 <laughs> who's the blue jays manager don schneider <laughs> i completely oh, forgot about great. that too are you serious? <laughs> that happened in the off season? No, mid season. No, in the middle of last oh year. Oh my god! Thank God, Jay Hayes back. We would have totally not have said anything if Jay wasn't here. Oh no, we. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh man, it's tough. Are we sure about that? One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I googled it after, right before I said anything, just to make sure. <laughs> so. Uh, all right, well, then that's kind of that's kind of fucked up. So then, the AL Manager of the Year, <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. Oh, you know why? <laughs> Phil Nevin. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Is that anticlimactic for you? We didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. <laughs> you cut out. Oh, <laughs> uh, for real? Uh, Phil Nevin. That's a good pick. Phil Nevin, because you got him making the playoffs. No, I'm still going John Schneider. <laughs> still? Still going John Schneider. Uh, for the first time, he's going John Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sticking with it. That's fine. Jay Hay? Sticking with it. <laughs> Um, I mean, this is the most random of all awards. Um, I'll go Scott Service. Okay. Because they won't give it to Tito I'm again. Going. It should be. It's Tito is basically the uh, uh, every the year. Shohei Otani of the AL Manager of the Year. Uh, you should give it to him every year, but they won't. Voter fatigue. Scott Service. They just rotate him in, right? Every other year he wins it. <laughs> they got to give it to somebody else. Can't double up on Tito. That's the saying. This award sucks. It's so dumb. Like, after what happened last year with Buck Showalter winning it, great manager, great guy. I like Buck Showalter. Didn't deserve it. Wow. But Well, and the um, fact that Charlie Montoyo didn't get any votes last year, that pisses me off, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of crazy. 
So I'm I'm tempted to just protest the pick and uh, uh, and just not pick anyone, but I mean I picked the Mariners to win the World Series, so I got to go Scott Service. If they win the World Series, then he's the best manager alive. So Scott Service. I need baseball reference to take Charlie Montoyo off of the Blue Jays. Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) He's still there. Yeah, that's what fucked me up. Because I went back to look and confirm. Yes, and I was like, oh, Charlie Montoyo. The 2023 says, Toronto Blue Jays baseball reference page. It, it says, uh, no, when you just click on teams and you click on the Blue Jays, yeah. it pulls up and it goes to 2022 statistics. And then it has the managers listed. And I just looked at Charlie Montoya. I was like, yeah, Charlie. And then I kept it moving. <laughs> Another thing that blew my mind. Watch. I was watching a spring training game with the Blue Jays and Don- and Mattingly is like their bench, the bench coach. coach. I know. I was like, what? Well, I mean, l- let's be. Uh, we understand what happened to Charlie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> old Charlie. Oh, so, I mean. Old, uh, old Chuck. Don't want to hand. It's a bad look for the Marlins. Because he like, they at least they framed it like it was a mutual agreement. Like, Mattingly wants to leave. Is he going to leave the Marlins manager job to be a bench coach? Well, it's a bad look for the Marlins. They are fleeing Miami, baby. Mm. Um, all right. AL manager of the year picks are in the national league manager of the year is Bob Melvin Bowmel taking it home. That's, uh, yeah, that was my pick as well. No. Wow. Shocker. You would literally skin someone alive if, if Bob Melvin told you to do it. If uh, if Bowmel's if Bowmel's taking down the division, see, like he honestly is almost like the fucking Tito in the NL. Like Bowmel is one of the only how, how many guys have won it four times? Manager of the year is Tito the only one? Bob Melvin's won it three times. Bobby Cox has he won it three times? I'm trying to think of who else. Buck Showalter, uh, Dusty Baker, Buck, Tony. I don't think Tony's won it that many times. No, no. Who has won the Manager of the Year the most? Cox, Larusa, and Showalter have won the most awards with four: Baker, four. Leland, Pinella. Four. Madden, Melvin, and Terry Francona have won three times. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a, an easy yeah. If the Padres dethrone the Dodgers, it's Bo Mills. Yeah. Remember when you got Bob Guerin fired? <laughs> I did not. Yeah, Bob you did. Guerin. Yeah, you did. Nothing uh, to do with the departure of Bob. That's Guerin. what I wanted to get Josh Donaldson on the podcast for to confirm that it was in fact you that got Bob Guerin fired on the team plane. That's that's not what happened at all. He told me off the record that that's how no, it went didn't. down. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He was like, "Man, the players fucking loved Bobby G, but Dallas yeah. just wasn't having it, <laughs> so he didn't even make it to the gate." <laughs> like no. Dallas, Dallas, like made a speech, something like. All right, we're going to get off the fucking plane. Bob, you stay right the fuck there because you can't even walk past security with us, the green and gold. 
And then they all got off the plane and poor Bob Guerin was just sitting there as a fired manager. And um, yeah, it was sad. It was sad. It's total falsehood. Total no. falsehood. No. Uh, <laughs> Joseph? And Bob Guerin. That's my yeah, pick, okay. Bob Guerin. I think, I think what's going to happen is that... Um, so uh, St. Louis gets off to a slow start this year. <laughs> they need a new guy. All right, Marmol is gone. And Bob Guerin is in, and he's going to lead them back. <laughs> and Bob Guerin is your manager of the year for the National you League. You got Bob Cardinals Guerin. peel away Bob Guerin from the Dodgers. <laughs> or the where's he in Dallas? The Dodgers. revenge tour. How do you even Bob know what fucking team he's managing? <laughs> it's crazy. Bob Guerin? Oh, oh, oh. I thought you said Bob. Bob right, Guerin's Bob the Melvin. fucking bench coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought he said Bob <laughs> Melvin. Uh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. He's going to get Dodgers. through this segment, and Bob Guerin's going to be the second worst pick for manager of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Guerin, Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Am I spelling this right? How do you spell Guerin? G E R E N. Bob Guerin. Oh, here he is. Yeah. Garen managed the Oakland Athletics from 2007 through 2011 until he was fired by Dallas Braden. Um, <laughs> he he played he played for the Yankees. Okay, I don't know. It doesn't say that he's currently employed somewhere. Oh, he's currently the yeah. major league field coordinator for the Dodgers. It's crazy. So yeah. he so. After Dallas reamed him out and cost him his job in Oakland, he's now a field coordinator. It's important to have the field coordinated. I don't you need a field coordinator. But, I mean, he was once managing the green and gold. Jay, hey, your pick? I thought I was going to snipe uh, Joey's pick. I'm glad I'm not. I think Snitker's 2018 Manager of the Year Award is far enough in the distance where we're going to be ready to reward him again. Mm. Um, and I have the Braves winning as we talked about the NL East, so I think that'll that'll work out nicely. I'm going Brian Snicker. Okay, good pick, great, smart pick. pick. So we have two Bob Melvins, one Bob Guerin, and <laughs> and one Brian Snicker. It's a good pick. Yeah, uh, Jake. I want to make sure that it's known that I want Charlie Montoyo and Schneider <laughs> yeah. on my on my selection. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Yeah, uh, Schneider with the spirit of Montoya. Now we go to the American League Rookie of the Year is Tristan Casas of the Boston Red Sox. Plus 900 odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Get in early while you can. Uh, he's not even the favorite on his own team. That's Masataki Yoshida to be the rookie of the year um, from the Boston Red Sox. But Tristan Casas, AL rookie of the year. Dallas? Um, oh, man. In the AL, huh? Oh, I really like the kid in Baltimore. Gunnar Henderson? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also Shock like Braden. 
chalk brain. No, I also I, like I, another kid in I'm Baltimore, Grayson Rodriguez. The favorite. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to pick the odds-on favorite that everyone else has. Did, did you know. just hear me? Did you just but hear not, me list a pitcher that's not there? Grayson no, Rodriguez. Okay. Grayson Rodriguez is what I said. Yeah, Dale Cruz um, is probably not going to get called up like anytime soon. So I, I was tempted. Uh, but where I'm going to hang my hat is on a young lad out in Texas, a young man by the name of Young Money, aka Josh Young. Yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Are you sure? Positive. He's got a brother who rakes too. <laughs> Is he the first baseman? No. Oh. What's up? Is he the first baseman? Uh, yes. Okay. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Nathaniel Lowe is the first baseman. No, 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 no. I'm I'm thinking of their their top prospect, the Rangers' top prospect. That's a first baseman. Who's that? There's like some dude that's like, uh, yeah, he's like there. He's sick. Jay Hazel. Who? Not young. Uh, they have a guy named Evan Carter. He's outfield. I don't I think, think that's though. him either. I don't know who the fuck that is. Anyways, not important. Um, Jay, your young pick. Plays, young plays third for the American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who looks like once he's fully healthy, he's going to have a crack at the Astros rotation. Uh, Hunter Brown plus 1300 on DK. Uh, mm. He showed he could pitch at the MLB level last season over 20 and a third innings, two earned runs for the Astros. Uh, his minor league work plus his major league work last season worked out to a 2.28 ERA and 126 and a third innings. So I think what you have is both the potential for high impact as well as the actual ability to log some innings as well. So I think, you know, 140, 150 innings out of Hunter Brown and uh, the quality I expect, I think that's going to be a strong AL uh, rookie of the year candidate. Joseph. Oh, well, you gave Dallas shit for being chalk. I'm going to be the most chalk and that's Masataka Yoshida. That's not chalk. Gunnar Henderson's chalk. Really? He's, he's, a favorite over Yoshida. Yeah, I think it's like plus two twenty to like plus three fifty. Okay, like that. well, uh, Henderson's two sixty five. Yoshida's five hundred. Five hundred. There Whoa. you go. What the hell? We're talking about a guy had a freaking one thousand OPS last year in the MPB. Mm. I guess we don't have Google Translate here in America <laughs> because I'm doing the math in my head, and that's. I'm projecting him. I mean, he's going to be what? I'm thinking OPS plus 130, 140. Pretty much chalked in it for a rookie. Yeah. Like, it's kind of an unfair advantage. I would agree. The guy's 29 <laughs> and has a lot of experience. Are just you, playing are you in taking the biggest... Ichiro? Are you taking Ichiro's rookie of the year away? No, I love Ichiro. That's why I'm picking Yoshida, because he's better than Ichiro. Whoa! Thank you. Um, a lot that's, better than Ichiro. Whoa. Hey, yo, what the fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> that's just blasphemous. Look at Ichiro's career uh, OPS plus. Then get back to what me. What is it like? You don't have to. It's 107. I was going to say 117. Overrated. <clears throat> Yoshida? Shut your mouth, Joseph. Just Shut won the, the biggest tournament. <laughs> <laughs> he just won the biggest tournament ever held. 
um, hit the clutches home run of the tournament, arguably. Not arguably. Uh, Twas. Uh, yeah. I would say Trey Turner's up there. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. mean, but yeah, the guy's, the guy's a beast. Um, I think the Red Sox, like, really, they got a lot of shit for making that signing, but right now at least, and what I'm thinking is going to happen, it's going to look like uh, geniuses over there in Boston. A bunch of Harvard grads. <laughs> a lot of, we got a, a lot of Yale guys. Yeah. Yeah, we're the, we're we're an Ivy League organization. Um, Theo, a uh, Yale guy as well. Um, okay, is that everyone in for AL? Uh-huh. The National League Rookie of the Year is Kodai Senga, the New York Mets. That's uh, I went the the Yoshida route where it's like, all right, we got a guy that's got experience. We got a guy that's gotten some outs against uh, some some high level talent before. It's got some innings logged. We'll see how it translates. I think it's easy. See, I feel like that's a it's a it's an easy it's an easy out. It's an easy way to go. He's you're just like leaning ninth, on maturity. Like you're leaning favorite. on experience. <laughs> he's like not <laughs> even just, in the top five favorites eh, for a National eh, Rookie of the Year. Fourth. He, I mean, you take fourth. away Walker and Carroll, and then it's what Miguel Vargas, and then you land on Singa. No, Walker, yeah. Walker, Carroll, Vargas, Singa, Painter, Tovar. <laughs> Those are the there top. you go. All right, fourth. That's not the favorite. <laughs> well, I know. Well, but what I just said, like Jordan, Dallas, Jordan Walker, you're about to pick fucking Shohei Otani for MVP. I don't want to hear handing it. him. I don't want to hear handing. It. Oh, am I wrong for that? Am uh, I wrong for that? They're about to name the fucking award after him in like ten years. Yeah, as they should. Yeah, don't don't get on me for chalk when I'm going with the fourth fucking favorite. It's crazy. Slash time. first. What's your pick, Dallas? Uh, I'm going Jordan Walker. (laughs) 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 I'm going Jordan Walker because I am here for every minute of a fucking youthful adolescent coming Uh up and banging baseballs at the big league level. The kid's fucking 20. Mm -hmm. He's 20 years old on opening day. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I'm all in on this fucking kid. Sure. (laughs) Jay. I'm going to stick with the theme that I went with in the AL Rookie of the Year uh, and pick a back end of the rotation guy that I think is going to get a chance and going to stick. This is a value play, too. Plus 3,000 for Hayden Wisniewski. Uh, Spring numbers, 17 innings pitched, four earned runs, 22 strikeouts. That follows 33 innings pitched with a 2.18 ERA and 33 strikeouts at the Major League level last season. Um, Yeah, his stuff's been playing up. He's been throwing his fastball harder. Uh, according to David Adler of MLB.com. So I think there's a lot to like here. Already has a nasty slider. That's my pick. I know, Rookie of the Year. Oh, could I? I Can you see, piggyback I was off about, with me and pick him as well? Yes, you may. No, no. I was, I was thinking about Ryan Pepio. It's kind of a worse version of what I said, but yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Pepio is my honorable mention. Plus five thousand for Pepio. Yeah, get through five six innings of time. That Dodger lineup. Hmm. <clears throat> Joseph, 
Well, I'm staying in LA and I'm going with Miguel Vargas oh, here. What is that? Is that is that a is that an obvious? Pick? No, I'm just I'm waiting for Dallas to get on you for having an even higher favorite. I don't know. I just feel like consistency is important on this podcast. Is all no, that okay, makes that well. makes sense for me for Joey to go with Miguel Vargas here. It makes total sense. Great player, got all the tools. Didn't even swing in spring. Still got on base. I mean, the guy is awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he's really. I think he's a cool guy too. If you hear him, you see his vibe. He's got cool hair. He looks like Eric Andre. And that can't hurt. And I think, you know, I think if the Dodgers are going to have them up in the big league club, they're doing it for a reason. I trust the Dodgers. And they always put their players in the best position to succeed, facing the right matchups, right place in the order. Miguel Vargas. Miguel Vargas. I love you. Okay. I think think one of us is going to hit on that. And I like that we all have different answers for a lot of these, except for the... Bob Melvin and Bob Guerin love fest that we had. <clears throat> now, the Cy Young Award. Should we start in the American League? We shall. My pick for the American League Cy Young Award winner is none other than Alec Manoa. It is. God damn it you. is Alec that a, Manoa. That a baby. Is, yeah. I'm all in on the Alec Manoa train. Uh, Dallas, are you joining me here? Yep. That's why I said yeah. it earlier. That's why I said it earlier. I yeah. told you we just may be hearing Alec Manoa's name a little later in the program. Yeah. And here we are a little later in the program. Mm-hmm. And I am announcing Alec Manoa's name later in the program. Yeah. He is also my Cy Young pick, which is why he's getting old fucking Chucky Montoyo, that <laughs> manager of the year nod. He's going to go, what are you shaking your fucking head about down there, you fucking hairy nerd? You nerd. Uh, <laughs> you're special. You say you say Manoa doesn't have the firepower? No, or I'm not laughing Manoa about can't Manoa do it? at all. I'm laughing okay. about the manager of the year stuff still. <laughs> it's old news. Quit talking shit about You Charlie just brought Manoa. it up. So Alec Manoa it. Is, is poised to hit his first 200 inning season, and I feel like I feel like he's going to, I don't want to say blow by that, but I feel like it's going to be a, yeah, like this is who this dude is now. This is who he is. And this is going to be the first year of a solid, solid run of just workhorse type productivity out of Manoa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is when it starts. Uh, yeah, Alec Manoa, absolutely. Yeah, Alec Manoa, uh, two picks already. Two picks in, two for Manoa. Uh, Joseph? I'm, I'm, I'm going Jacob DeGrom. Okay. And now I'm looking at the odds, and it says DeGrom is like the favorite, which is pissing me off because I picked him thinking it was like uh, not going to be the favorite because he gets hurt all the time. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't get hurt, then he's going to win it easily. So I thought that was going to be like the smart, like, ooh, you didn't think of this. <laughs> you didn't think to pick <laughs> you think about the best health, pitcher. Did you? <laughs> you didn't think about picking the best pitcher and him staying healthy, did you? <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? But yeah, he is the odds this? on favorite. <laughs> <laughs> to win, I thought I was going to be like the only guy to think that Jacob DeGrom could win the Cy Young. You might be. For some reason. You might be. 
I might be. I think he's one of those guys where it is obvious. People are like, it's well, Joey, come put, on. Put We've like seen this. it before. If there's a guy who can conceivably win the award only making 10 to 20 starts, it's Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying if he makes 20 starts, then it's not even a question. Like he's going to have the best numbers if he stays healthy. And that's well, is the that bet. where that's we're at, though, is, is, is 20 starts for DeGrom him staying healthy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I think. I think twenty starts is enough for him to get it. I think. Is it not? I mean, I have to look at his numbers. What's like the mo- when was the last time he started twenty games? I mean, you just put it like this: if if somebody else makes ten more starts than he does, and they go six innings in those starts, that's sixty innings worth of work <laughs> that we just yeah <laughs> we're just gonna overlook. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I. I yeah, I was kind of off base there. Yeah, 20 starts is not enough. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> thank thank you, Joseph. <laughs> way thank off base on that. But if he makes 25 <laughs> fucking starts, <laughs> nobody's beating him. Hey, and listen, man. And I, my argument for Shohei Otani was if the guy makes 20 to 25 starts and puts up those kind of numbers, why can't he be in the Cy Young conversation? So the same can be said for him. To Joey's point, though, over DeGrom's last two seasons, it adds up to 26 starts. And over that, he has 156 and a third innings with a 1.90 ERA and 248 strikeouts. So if he actually did make 25 starts, I think that would be the AL Cy Young. Yeah. Yeah, we're just... And I've been scouting. I've been scouting. I saw his last outing. But he's got to put those numbers up in the same year. No doubt. We can't can't combine years, right? He's not going to get the 2023. I'm just saying the the theoretical concept of what Joey's talking about is there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And listen, this is what we didn't think about. This is the first time we've seen him in warm weather. Okay. Mm. And he's a warm weather dude. He's a Florida kid. All right. And he's been up in New York and they've been torturing him and they've been ruining his career. That organization. Now he's at the boot barn in Texas. Now he has an actual good organization with a rich history of pitchers. <laughs> of <right>. pitchers. <laughs> we covered this a couple episodes ago. The Texas Rangers have a great history of having the best pitchers of when, all time. When spring training comes Noel around, Ryan. you just get a parade of Rick Helling and Chanho Park. And uh, it's just all the legends come back. Exactly. So this is I'm really I'm he's my breakout player of the year, Jacob DeGrom. I'm thinking 26 starts and a side. Channel Park was the diarrhea guy, right? Yeah. I don't know. I remember him as the guy who signed the free agent deal in Texas and was terrible. Well, I remember him as diarrhea guy. I gotta find that. Chan Ho Chan Ho. Yeah, when they Park. asked like what was wrong. Oh yeah. Diarrhea. <laughs> he was probably a cold weather dude. That's probably what happened. No, he is a diarrhea problem. guy. I bet if you search Chan Ho Park, like the first video that comes up is the diarrhea video. Well, that goes hand in hand, man. Chan Ho Park dudes, made diarrhea. 68 starts in Texas and had a 5.79 ERA. That's a lot of rope for being that bad. Here it is. What? Let's talk in Chan Ho Park. I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> you know what? You know who could be a sneaky pit? That's, that's what you want to know? <laughs> you better not steal my actual yeah, pit. I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> Yeah, I had an idea, and then uh... <laughs> oh, it's funny. What? <laughs> yeah, dude, I had no idea. He's like, "Why are you guys laughing?" <clears throat> I'd feel the same way. That's did you did funny. you pick Jay? No, not yet. <clears throat> 
Are we ahead. there? Are we yeah. to me? Yeah, oh, we're oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. If your throat's dried out from all this chalk, let me give you a Ooh. value play. Give me the value Tied play. for 13th in odds in the AL. Framber? Let me listen. Let me list the guys who have put up in the wild card era seasons of 140 innings pitched, a strikeout percentage of at least 30%, and a whip of 0.95 or lower. The list. Some of these guys have multiple such seasons, but Max Scherzer, Pedro Martinez, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Johan Santana, Randy Johnson, Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, McClanahan last season, and my pick, Christian Javier. Plus 1,800. Threw about 150 innings last year. I think we talked about it last time about how him and Framber are going to be expected to take a little bit more of the load this year. So I think if uh, Javier can get to 170, 175 innings uh, and maintain the quality that he put up last year, I think we're looking at arguably the most valuable pitcher in the AL. So that's my pick. Plus, I think it's great value. Plus 1,800. Good pick. Great value. It's all going to come down to does he have the innings? Yep. <clears throat> I think if uh Well that's that's why I argued what I did about Manoa and made that a point was the two hundred inning mark because to Joey's point about the innings with DeGrom, I think we're gonna there's gonna be more guys in that one sixty to one eighty five inning range than there are going to be horses to pick from in the two hundred plus category, right? We know I that. I mean that was basically Alcantara's path to the Cy Young last year, right? Was like he he threw 20 more innings than most of his competitors, 30 more innings than most of his competitors. So mm-hmm. makes sense. Did you see uh, Hubs's take on Alex Manoa? Alec Manoa? <laughs> I almost went Alec Manoa, but with the new pitch clock stuff and how quick he's going to have to pitch, he's too fat to be good now. I'm sorry. He's going to give me too tired. I don't think he makes it through a full season. Alec Manoa is as good of a competitor as it gets. I like the fire he brings. I think he's too fat for the pitch clock. My answer is not a starting pitcher. It's not Garrett Cole. It's not Carlos Rodon. It probably would have been if he was healthy at the moment, but he's not going to start the year healthy. So that's a, it's Michael King. He's got Michael King as a, I believe that was a conversation for best pitcher in the AL East. (laughs) (laughs) He's got Michael King as the best pitcher in the AL East and Alec (laughs) Manoa is too fat to be good anymore. He's too fat. He's too, the he's too fat because of the pitch clock. That's what he I said. have fun doing the Hosmer <laughs> stuff, which is all statistical, and it's just like a bit. I, I I can't imagine recording a podcast and saying that a guy is too fat to be good and putting and it, he's like, not even fat. No, he's just like a pitcher. <laughs> he's husky. He's in he's in shape. He he has he has enough meat to make it through a 162 game season plus the postseason. That's how it should be described. Yeah, mass equals gas, baby. That's my that's my Cy Young Award winner. <clears throat> um, all right. Now, the wait, Jake, Jake, Jake. Oh yeah, Jake. Who's the American League Cy Young Award winner? Uh, Chris Sale at plus eight thousand. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> did you want? Did you want to weigh in on the American League Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I like Casas. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Chris Sale might be too fat for the pitch. <laughs> uh, do you have an American League Manager of the Year pick? Uh, for that, I'm going to go with Alex Cora. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank right. you, Jake. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Jake stepping out. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good picks. Those are good picks. I was going to have a good year, man. Yeah. Jeez. Those are all good picks. Um, the National League Cy Young Award winner for 2023 is Spencer Strider. <laughs> of uh, the Atlanta Braves. It's a great pick. It's a good pick. Still fifth and odd. But he's too. vegan. You know he's vegan, right? Is that could be a problem with the pitch clock? Because he's vegan. Like if you're not, you're, it's tough to keep that dialed in, especially <laughs> I, if you're going quickly and shit. I can't even fucking believe that. Uh, Dallas. Um. Jay, quickly, how many have done it in both leagues? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't actually. Because Justin Verlander joins that group. What? Wow. Yep. Justin Verlander joins that group. Uh, a, I would love, I was thinking about, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say so, it's six deep is that list. Six. Lord Perry, Pedro Martinez, big unit, Roger Clemens, Roy Halladay, and Scherzer. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's Justin Verlander. I just I I do I I've been playing into and like leaning into the idea of uh, of him wanting to do things I don't want to say that others haven't done, but joy, he wants to be a part of rarefied air. And he already is. But the opportunities to do so, I think those are the things that motivate a guy like this at this stage in his career. Like levels of greatness, layers of greatness. He's been hearing how great he is and where he will end up for the last 10 years of his career. And we've all known that. So we're not telling him anything that he doesn't know or isn't aware of. But when we talk about why guys get up in the morning to attack the day the way they still do at this age, in this game with everything he's accomplished, what is lighting the fire outside of just being a competitive motherfucker? For me, it's wanting to get to the promised land with a guy that you should have gotten there with a decade ago in max. And that being a motivating factor, joining that rare group that I just mentioned, that being the, uh, the motivating factor and understanding that if he continues to produce the way he is based on the injury history that he's had and how he's bounced back, Justin Verlander supplants himself in the conversation for one of the greatest arms the game has ever seen. He's already in that conversation, but these are just the little things that I look at as to what's getting this guy's engine rolling. And I think him going into New York, understanding all of the surrounding storylines, his history, and what that could do, like, yeah. He's 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 coming ready to fucking undress some folks. One of my buddies from high school just texted me. Give me give me a lock for five teams winning tomorrow. A nice five leg parlay. Give me the inside scoop. <clears throat> he's dead serious. Well, sure. We got the script. <laughs> scripts scripts went out at ten a.m. Eastern. 
Can, can you imagine how difficult a five-leg parlay is in Major League Baseball on opening day when, like, you have no idea. You have no idea sure. how how good a team is going to be, how hot they're going to be if guys are uh, coming out. What have I said? Tra- what have I said about baseball being the hardest sport to bet? Why? Because all it takes is some asshole like me to actually show up and make a start that day, and who fucking knows? Yep. Who knows? <laughs> That's why. Tell him. Tell him to parlay the Braves. Just for the first 10 games of the season. So it's going to take a couple weeks, but there's got to be like some organization that has a weird ass like opening day winning streak. Like the fucking like the like the Milwaukee Brewers have won on opening day the last 10 out of 11 seasons. I think the homer on opening day is a is a thing like you have a knack for homering on opening day because you're going up there just saying it's opening day. One for five doesn't matter to me. I want the one to be a homer. It's going to be a bolt. I'm doing it. And you've done it like four years in a row. Feels like Nick Castillo. The Nats have the best win percentage all time on opening day. That's one of those weird ones. Who? The Nats? No, the Mets. They have a 650. It's like north of 650 winning percentage. Someone to take to take the Mets. Uh, does everyone have their NL pick in? No, I haven't got mine in yet. And personally, I'm gonna have to stick with my um <clears throat> one of my NL East teams. I'm gonna go Phillies, and I'm gonna go Zach Wheeler oh. because I mean the guy had a great year last year. He had some injuries, didn't get the innings in, but we saw him in the playoffs, and it's and it's Zach Wheeler. Seems like he's getting better with age. He's only 33. I think he's just like a nice pick of a guy who, why can't he? He's always kind of hovering around. The uh, He's hovering around. Like one of these years, it's got to happen eventually. Yeah. That's kind of how I well, felt maybe. about Kevin Gosman last year when I made that pick. I was like, he's, you know, he's in the conversation. Why not? Why not? Unlisted, why not the right? Gosman? <laughs> uh, quick little, uh, quick little check in on where. Last year's Bad selection, time. Jose Barrios falls on this list, um, and he is, uh, uh, well, no, he, well, uh, plus twenty thousand right now. Yeah, yeah, not, 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 not the value pick. The thing that strikes me is that like Josh Hader is on this, like at plus six thousand, which is better than like a lot of starting pitchers. Yeah, better than so, Syndergaard. If you want to just give your money away, just yeah, go bet on uh, a closer, Josh Hader, <laughs> to win the Cy Young. <laughs> if you're into just lighting shit on fire for no reason, <laughs> Josh Hader getting votes. Is that uh, all right? So those are our. I got no Jay Hay. I got oh, I got two names I want to mention. This is my most. This is my chalkiest pick. I'm going to go Corbin Burns. Uh, two reasons. A, I think. You can make a case he's been the best he's pitcher pissed. in the NL over the last three seasons since 2020. He's first in F4, first in ERA, and first in strikeout rate. Uh, we also talked about it at some point on this podcast, I think, when we were discussing his arbitration situation. Uh, yep. I'm going to give he's him pissed. like a 5% bump as a, you know, kind of fuck you to uh, to what he went through there. I think he's going to put up, you know, argue, perhaps his best season. I think he's 
maybe he'll never meet the per inning mark that he put up two years ago, but I think he could give you more quantity than he gave then and still have outstanding overall numbers. If you're looking for an interesting value play, I would shout out Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds, who I meant to bring up when we were talking about the Reds overall. But here's the list of people in the wild card, rookies in the wild card era with a strikeout rate of 30% or higher. Uh, him and Strider last season, Kerry Wood in 98, Liriano in 06, Nomo in 95, and Mark Pryor in 2002. That's the whole list. Um, and it, when he came back from his shoulder issue, uh, and came back at the start of September. From September on, he threw 23 innings pitched with a 0.78 ERA and a 37 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio. That's 37 strikeouts in 23 innings. Um, he's plus 4,000. So if you're looking for a little bit of a dart throw, I think that's good value too. But my pick is Corbin Burns. It's a good pick. He was my uh, uh, my pick for like whatever it was, how it was phrased, like player to change teams. That would probably only help his case, potentially, too, Mm. unless it went to the other league, I guess. Corbin Burns getting moved. If he stays in the same league. Assuming the fucking Sox don't swoop in and pick him up, dude. (laughs) Kidding me? Not with Chris Sale already. Support that Chris Sale run. Yeah. (laughs) Chris Sale's not even our opening day starter. We have Corey Kluber, two-time Cy Young Award winner. You ever heard of him? I have. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. All right. The American League Most Valuable Player Award goes to Shohei Otani, obviously. I mean, like, I'm not. Oh, like, come on. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Suck come on. my dick. Come on. I'm not, yeah, not going to sit uh-huh. here. No, no, no. Uh-huh. I'm not going to sit here and try and fucking be the smartest you... guy in the room. It gets, oh, why it's, not? Why he should have won it last year. He won the year before that. He's going to win again this year. Oh, what was that? He should have won it last year because yeah. all I can remember last year is you. I was trying to recruit Aaron Judge to Boston. You fucking idiot! Head. Shut up! Hey, how am I gonna? I wanted oh, yeah, Aaron Judge was, to come to the Red Sox. Now he's in the. That yeah, was going to be in the Bronx. Thing. He shouldn't have won the MVP. Close. All he did was yeah, you want buy the seventh best home run record in baseball. The Red Sox thought about Ooh, what it would be oh, like to Roger have a player Maris, like yeah, him. Realized seventh most home runs of all time. Let's celebrate this guy. So now it's he's staying in the Bronx. He can go fuck himself. Nothing. Shohei Otani's the MVP. Two guys who are agreeing on their pick. A lot of bickering. I'm also going to go Shohei Otani. Yeah, no shit. Uh, that's right this one's tough this one's tough for me no it's not it's not tough at all don't be an idiot don't this one is really because there's a lot of good guys in this league there are you got trout you got trout judgy <laughs> judgy um <laughs> you got trout. <laughs> i mean you got my guy Degrom sneaking about i mean why not hey who says what if he pitches 30 games yeah. this year. I mean, that would be. They'll give him the fucking. They'll give him the batting title. If he, they'll do. He'll win everything. You never know. I mean, you got Brandon Lowe down there. Dark horse. Brandon Lowe. Anybody? No. No. I'm low and on Lowe right now. Huh. And he got Shohei. I think Shohei. I want to pick Shohei. But like. Oh, uh, wow. Like, obviously, he's the best player in the world. Uh-huh. But, you know, he just got off the World Baseball Classic. He was hitting, he was pitching, he was traveling. The pitch clock, you know, he's slow. He was on the, one of the bottom of those lists in terms of pace of play last year. Uh, 
And we saw what happened last year. They kind of, you know, we, we don't want to go down that road. They kind of took it from him. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that again, if it's close. And I just think it's like a lot of innings. But yeah, I'm going Shohei Otani. Yeah. <laughs> Great pick. He's the best player by far. Yeah. Is this the year, Jay Hay? I'm going to swoop in and be the smartest guy in the room slash idiot. Is this, the, on... is this the year? No, no, no. I'm not picking Otani. No, I am picking. Oh. Wait, for who? For you. Oh, for me to win the MVP? No, who I'm thinking? Who, <laughs> who are you picking? I'm picking Jordan Alvarez. Oh. And here's why. So I think, you know, follows, they'll win the division. He's at a plus 1,100, decent value. And I also think there's just an element here where Judge's incredible offensive season, which it absolutely was, uh, and the fact that it was kind of him and Otani back and forth, overshadowed the caliber of offensive season that uh, Jordan himself put up. If you go by adjusted OPS, it was the eighth best season in the AL in the wild card era. It's better than anything Manny Ramirez put up. It's better than anything Joey Bats put up in his prime. Uh, it's better than every A-Rod season. The only people who have put up a better adjusted OPS than Jordan did last year in the AL are, are Judge, two Jason Giambi seasons, and one each from Trout, Miggy, and Mark McGuire. Obviously, when he was with the athletic. So just a bunch of guys uh, on steroids and another dude that was hitting fucking bouncy balls. So that that's at points. But yeah, I'm going. Maybe I'll be an idiot and uh, Otani will will do what he does. But I'm going to take Alvarez uh, at plus eleven hundred. Well, I had you I had you go in Joe Ram. Jay Hay. No, I think, unfortunately, I think if Joe Ram hasn't won it yet, he's not going to win it. I think we're just going to look back and be like, hey, he was the third or fourth best player in the AL over most of a decade and just didn't win it. Um, and there have been lots of great players where that, that's happened. Um, it, it sucks because it feels Manny like he, one of them, actually. But yeah, it, it feels like he's I mean, he has definitely played top five caliber MVP vote getting baseball for a long time. And, no question. Um, I just think like, I don't think we're going to see, I, I, I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. I think we've already seen Jose Ramirez's best. best pure offensive performance. And, uh, I don't see the Indians winning like 95 or a hundred games. So I just don't think like, I don't think there's going to be a narrative push for him. And I don't think there's going to be a, as strong of a statistical push as you want. But to your point over the last six seasons, he's finished in the top six, five times. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fucking right there. That's like, because I was, yeah. I was thinking about going that route. Like, uh, is this like, you know? And, I mean, and he's almost- a good candidate because he's going to be there. He's going to be getting votes. He's going to be in the top five. I just like is his. I, I think is his, somebody will have a more superlative season. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's really it. Is his staying power and his consistency going to be there again? Which you'd like to think it will. Yep. But are you going to get one of these outlier type seasons from one of these other guys? that has more than enough talent to have that outlier type season. Yep. Second, sixth, and fourth in the last three seasons in the boat. So, yeah. Because a guy, a guy that I thought about, like almost the DeGrom version of the position player, Byron Buxton. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you get 162 of Buxton, it's going to be, it's going to be Buxton. It's going to be Otani. And that's, you know what I mean? Like in terms of value contributed. 
Because mm-hmm. yeah. although what's interesting about that is that I, I wonder how much of that goes away. I mean, I, a lot of it has to actually because of their plan to DH him so much this year. Like right. p- part of the theory of Byron Buxton's MVP candidacy was like if you kept him on the field, does. you got gold glove caliber defense and you got, you know, 30 pops and 20 stolen bases and the on base percentage is what it is. Right. Um, but if he's DHing 50, 75 percent of the time, yeah. like glove goes, that's away. a different that's, ball game a, altogether. A, yeah. Well, yeah, he's a completely different player because uh, a lot of the yeah, like the speed doesn't play on defense because he's not playing defense. The defense doesn't play on defense because he's not playing defense. Well, a lot of love for Shohei, as it was expected. Um, now, the nat- this is this is the final award that we're handing out, at least from a player standpoint. The final award that we're handing out, the National League Most Valuable Player Award, goes to Trey Turner. Not a boy, Jared. Yeah. Not a boy. <laughs> Trey Turner of oh, the Phils, dude. The Philadelphia Phillies, dude. They got Trey Turner, two, two, three hundred million dollars, dude. <laughs> Wave that towel, Joe. Trey Turner is taking home the NL MVP this season. Um. Are you also going Trey Turner, Dallas? Uh, y- y- yes, yes. Uh, I think I am. I <laughs> I think I am. I wanted to go. Why the hesitation? Because I wanted to look, look. I honestly, I was I was torn between Juan Soto, and it pissed me off that Juan Soto. I, I believe is he not the odds He's on favorite, favorite right now? Yeah. And, and that made me mad because I don't know that he just necessarily deserves to be the favorite right away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, kind of thinking, like, look, you know, maybe the lineup around him, he, he's going to settle in. And now this will be the year that he really takes off and goes. Maybe he's the favorite for that reason because other people think that same. Um, so I, I went back to Trey Turner and I just thought about, look, this dude is ready to, to show why he was in the conversation, to show why he got the payday. He sort of put that on display in the WBC, but now this is where Trey Turner takes the game to the next level. The WBC was like sort of the launching pad for Trey Turner into super duper stardom, like the sexy slide gifts, the great, like it's, we know him, we love him, but now you're going to fall in love with him because of what we're going to see all season long from him getting the fills back to October. Joseph? Um, look, there's so many good. Uh, uh, I feel like this is just wide open. I guess MVP's always wide open every year, but I mean, I gotta stick with my guy Ronald Acuna Jr. Just because, tired. man, tired, tired, tired. He's not. Who'd you pick? Trey Turner is like a way higher favorite, buddy. I'm gonna stick with my guy Ronald Acuna. I love him. I love me some Ronnie. <laughs> love the yellow elbow pad. You know I love Ronnie. Uh, and you don't? You know I got his bobblehead, right? I like Ronnie. But I don't know. I'm a Ronnie. You know that he's going to steal 40 bases this year? I, hey, look, I, I wanted him you to You know he's going to hit 40, 40 home runs? That's I, what he's going to do. I'd love for and that to happen. That is going to happen. I mean, it's going to be 
that's not going to happen. Well, well, yeah, maybe not. But I think, I think if they let him steal, they don't put the you know they don't want to try to contain him. I know he was hurt last year. He was slow last year with the with the knee was like sore all year. He had a bad year. If you watched every Braves game, it was obvious, like I did, that he was not playing at anywhere close to a hundred percent. So I mean, he still was an all star. But I mean, it's wrong the Cunha Jr. guys. That's true. He's going to hit 40 bombs. He's going to steal 40 bases. If you do that, do you not get MVP? You probably do. Yeah, I got I got Ronnie. If he, if he pops 40-40, Ronnie's the MVP. So put your money on Ronnie, guys. Dallas said it himself, guys. Bet on Ronald Acuna Jr. What is that's that? A, that's a hell of a future play. 40-40 for Ronnie. What's the odds? His MVP odds are 850. Jay Hay. So Joey's getting a little bit of hate from Dallas for being a homer on this pick. I'm going to come in and support and sort through what we saw from Acuna for his, from his first four seasons than what we saw last year. A lot of his underlying stats wow. in terms of batted ball quality and expected statistics were very good. 95th percent in ex-WOBA, 92nd percent in ex-slug, um, 98th percentile in max exit velocity, 86th in average exit velocity, and 88th percentile and barrel rate he also uh, baseball savant this i think this some of this stuff's pretty cool they list uh the largest gaps between your actual slugging and your expected slugging and acuna's gap was the second largest in baseball in the wrong direction so i think there's every reason to expect that you know his i mean basically the difference between his season last year and his his prime was a lot about the power output and i think that is coming back i think Joey's probably right that we're going to see a lot of stolen bases. We saw 20, what, 26, 29 last year when he wasn't even healthy or running at full capacity. Um, so I'm going, I'm going to Cunha as well. I also, as, and, and again, Braves will have the best record in the division, maybe the best record in the league, uh, and that will only help the case. Acuna. There you go. I also had all those stats ready to go. I just well, I knew I knew Jay Hay was getting to him. I, I appreciate you not poaching my work. Well, yeah, because it's all in the numbers. I feel comforted that I finally agree with the numbers. The numbers. They agreed with me on one of the picks before Ronnie. the segments. I was on island. Quality picks. Yeah, it's good picks. How uh, how hard was it to not go Nolan? Jared, very hard, very hard. But I, I respect the rules. You can't, you can't go back to back. Yep, them's them's That's the true. rules. If you pick someone, and it, I think if you pick someone and they hit, then you can pick them again. Yeah, and, but if you pick and you someone and they miss, like, then you can't hmm. pick them again. And I, and no, I feel like we don't know that as the I only, I don't think as the only resident member here to yeah. accurately predict an award from last season. I should have. Do been we even going. know that? Every fucking year we do the predictions and. Oh, we do know yeah, that. No, we don't know that. We we, we know that one hundred percent. Yeah, we I mean the look Why? on Joey's face. Who did you said pick? it all? Who did you, you pick? You know exactly who I picked. And Jay, hey, if you're that's weird. On I, a, I recall picking Judge and Alcantara. Yeah. <laughs> and oh no! Well, Julio. I, I was yeah, the one yeah, who yeah. told the world that Paul Goldschmidt was going to win the National League Most Valuable Player. Did he? And Paul Goldschmidt won the National League Most Valuable Player. He did. That was so forgettable. So it almost doesn't count. And no one and no one had a better season. He didn't forget it. No one had a better better season season. anyway. Nobody had a better season. 
He had no. the best. No, I think Nolan had a better season than him. No, no one. No one had a better season Jay, because they gave him the MVP award. Statistically, did Nolan Arenado have a better season than Paul Goldschmidt last year? It's interesting. Let's pull it up here. Um, yeah, check it out. Well, I oh, know I what the award. Well, the award. I know where that award is. Very interesting, folks. Um, mm, what is no, it? No, the award. <laughs> What's it say? Oh, you're saying the award? <laughs> I said, I know where the award uh, sits. Oh, right. Yeah. I want to know who had a better season, though. Well, yeah, well, the the award for the best season was given to him. So yeah, that's how that. If goes. you right. and I accurately pick that, it's interesting. If you go by Baseball Reference or it's mm-hmm. Arenado seven point nine, Goldschmidt seven point eight. Ooh, and if you go by Fangraphs, it's Goldschmidt seven point one, and Arenado seven point three. So no matter what, he's still better, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, my pick was Nolan Arenado um, to to win the MVP. So it, to me, it just kind of sounds like instead of Dallas uh, having a little parade about being correct, the voters were actually wrong, and I was right. No, no parade. Just <laughs> acknowledging that I was correct. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Super weren't rights and wrongs. You Super weren't rights and wrongs. Just know that at the end of the day. You're, you're correct. You're holding up like and Paul Goldschmidt, the has John Heyman's of the world is like, see, these guys know what they're talking about. That's what you're no, doing. No, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. you are. John Heyman voted yeah. for Nolan Arenado. Well, who won manager of the year in the American League last Tito. year? Does anyone remember? Uh, Terry, Franco, yeah. Charlie Montoya. Okay. No, Charlie it was Montoya. a COVID year. <laughs> it was a COVID year. So the, I know it was a COVID and a lockout year last year. So I don't really count last year awards, hmm. but. Congrats to Dallas for picking it right. Yep. Now he Thank actually you. didn't. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate that. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a, isn't that about a bitch where you correctly yeah. pick the MVP but the voters got it wrong? I I don't know what that's like to do because yeah. I only pick the right one. Oh, uh, and then I, of all people to you, like put them to incorrectly select, would... it's the guy that Dallas picked. Like, what are, what are the odds of that? You guys are you guys made so many of the same predictions. It's so funny. I know, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not happy about that at all. At all. I'm just glad I went first, so that no one can say that. I, I know, you bitch. Yeah. That's why I was. That's why I was like, every time you would start, I would mouth it so that I was. Hey, there's proof. There's video <laughs> evidence here. Yeah, yeah, I was not happy about that. Hey, that you know what? That's called synergy. That's uh, you need that in a in a podcasting relationship. We're on the we're on the same page. Our brains our brains think very much alike. <laughs> now <laughs> now we can root together this year a lot. Oh, yeah, super <laughs> super. <laughs> yeah, now we can have a grand old time rooting for Trey Turner, Shohei Otani, um, Alec Manoa. Oh, the tongue bath that Alec Manoa is going to get every five days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going to look like a. a no. <laughs> Let's get him wow. on the podcast. Oh, they already true. said yes. I tweeted. I tweeted out like a month ago or two months ago, manifesting Alec Manoa making his baseball is dead debut. And immediately his team reached out and was like, how do we make this happen? And I was like, listen. We haven't had any guests, so this is a uh, this is a different process <laughs> for us. After like thirteen promises next week, next guys, week we, we got a guest. <laughs> Technically, well, there's there's so many different schedules. We're trying to get on. Bing, bing. Yeah, bing. we need five people on the same page so we can interview one. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a whole thing. Um, but all right, those are our picks. 
We already did like division. Like, do we, we didn't do our World yeah, Series we matchup, did we? Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Okay, sorry, but but we didn't pick the winner of the matchup. I can't go that far. Yeah, we did. Braves, but I'll say it's the Blue Jays. Alec Manoa, <laughs> World Series MVP. I'm excited. All right. Um, anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Is that all in the world of baseball? Pretty much. There's really dialed in on that Kyle Gibson, Corey Kluber showdown. <laughs> listen, listen, you fuck. That's going to be a great game. A lot of people are going to be watching a lot of excitement surrounding the Baltimore Orioles and Boston Red Sox this season. It's a, hey, it's an ALE showdown for the ages. Jokes aside, Zach Greinke getting the home opener for the Royals. I just love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. In 2023. That's a must watch. Yeah, in 2023. Mm-hmm. That's two in a row for Granks. Yeah. Two in a row. He officially threw a changeup harder than his fastball again in spring training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was like his average. Was that, was that yeah. not it? Yeah. His, it was like average his average changeup velocity is harder than his average fastball velocity. What a beast, dude. The guy was using pitch gom, calling his own pitches and shaking himself off <laughs> on the mound, bro. God bless Zach Grinky. Love it. It's a shame they took the bat out of his hands. Mm. It really is. Truly. Yeah, it's um, like taking a sword away from a samurai. Fucking yeah. 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 All right. Any final thoughts here today? Nope. Wait. Jake, who's the AL MVP? Glad you asked. I got Rafael Devers. Oh, okay. Great. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good pick. He'll definitely be in the conversation. I see potential. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked. Um, Any final thoughts from you, Jake? No, just getting ready for this huge Sox game tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The Cluebot. Oh, he loves that nickname, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. When was that? Like the 2016 playoffs? He was like, don't call me that. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. All right, weirdo. Um, Jay, hey, final thoughts. Yeah, please. I have a final thought. Is the baseball media or organism talking about most of the time? I think it's going to be uh, the, the base sizes and the impact that that has had on stolen bases and what that's brought back into the game. Like the the size of the base impacting stolen bases? Yeah, just the size, like how they've changed, like the orientation, like how it's all set up now, I think is going to be, I think stolen bases are going to be up. And I think there are a lot of people in the baseball media uh, who have been well, salivating. Look- I. I'm, I, then I have to ask you this question. I'm sorry. Are you, are you in the camp of people who believe that the, the reduction in distance between bases is great enough to incite organizations to start gambling more and stealing bases? 
and, and as opposed as opposed to the size of the base. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, sorry, please. As opposed to what? The size of the base being more of an injury preventative measure as opposed to inciting movement on the base path. Yeah, I guess I'm not I'm not making a comment on which was the larger like impetus for the change or what teams care about the most. I do think at the end of the day, stolen bases are going to be up. Um, and I think it's going to have a. I don't think it's going to revolutionize what's going on, but I think it's going to have enough of an impact where people feel the impact um, in a good way. And I think that's that will have been long enough. Yeah, because I've I, I've always felt like it's the pitch clock that is inciting the running, and yeah, yeah, maybe that you're right. Maybe maybe it's a combination of all of these things. But I I think like <clears throat> I think there's data, and I should I should have it up. But I think the combination of the pitch clock and the base situation has because like what impacted stolen base stolen bases in spring running in the regular season. But I think I still think there's going to be a net out increase here of of stolen bases. Yeah, because the one. Yeah, I got the number. I got the number, and it is spring training, but it's up in spring training, a, a whole steal per game more this spring than last spring, and the success rate is ten percent higher. Well, I think that was I'll, from like earlier in March, but it's probably about the same. And, to and Jay, that was the same as it was in nineteen eighty, the year that Ricky Henderson stole hundred bases. And I spent this year. This year, I spent spring training in the dugout, right? I was in minor league camp and then I would go over to the big league games as well once those started as an instructor and just listening to the conversations and talking to guys on other teams and like the 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 whole idea about what Jay just said is like, yeah, we're seeing guys running shit, you know, one, that's not part of their game. They're not going to do it in the regular season. They don't have the green light. So they're, you know, we're seeing guys move now. But my whole thought about the bases was, the only aspect of the ch- the change in size of the base gives a runner more of a target to hit as opposed to it being closer to them. You know what I mean? Like if I'm sliding to the outfield side of second base, I now have more of the bag that I can aim for if that infielder drops his knee on me. But yeah, I just yeah, I just I was just asking a question. Yeah, that's yeah, I understand. On what that can do and and your point that you just said is absolutely huge, for sure. Um but like I know efficiency basically looked it up. I think the last time we were under seventy percent was like they started capturing that statistic uh season, but I think it's gonna come with an increase too. Um and I think that's awesome. Well, I was I, I was telling Ricky, I was like, Ricky, you're gonna you be getting paid now, bro. You're gonna be able to roll around to all these camps and just drop some knowledge on these guys. Oh, they ain't ready for Ricky. They ain't ready for that. <laughs> they ain't ready for Ricky. You know they don't run like Ricky. <laughs> be cool to see him get in get in touch with Ruiz, though. Speaking of Oakland, Oakland roots. Well, hey, well, I'm, Ruiz. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you don't you don't just have the man of steel in your fucking backyard and, and not invite him over for a barbecue. I just tweeted a picture of Pablo Sandoval on his Instagram live and his fucking his cheek and his neck is all one piece. <laughs> it's just all it's just all one piece there. You are you are such a uh, you it. are such a hate. Oh, you know what? Look at it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Pablo. His, I wasn't joking. Like, like oh, he can, Pablito. he can, he can grow like facial hair on his neck and just comb it straight down from the top of his cheek. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, one, th- one thing I do, one thing I do want to, uh, I do want to acknowledge. My final thought, I guess, would be a tip of the cap to Sergio Romo. Yes, yeah, a tip of the cap to my man Serge. Um, I've known the dude forever, and just watching him, I said this yesterday on on Barry Radio, watching him evolve as a player is one thing when you become friends with a guy and you understand their road and the path in life you start to appreciate things a little more and for me Romo's one of those guys i appreciate the trials and tribulations the hurdles he's had to clear in his life uh to get to where he's at and so to to watch that unfold um i don't know if you guys even watch the game but just to, to to watch it unfold was was incredible because and him and I have talked about that like like moments like that you know he never felt were for him that wasn't going to happen for him and then you look up and it's 15 years later in the league three world series championships 140 plus fucking saves as a big leaguer like you punched out the greatest right-handed hitter of all time with an 87 mile an hour fucking heater (laughs) central like do you know the size of nuts you have to have to do that and and to watch it all culminate in a tip of the cap from a crowd who has wrapped their arms around him an organization who i said i know the cardinals get a lot of love for how they treat their players and their historical uh, members of their organization the San Francisco Giants do just as good, if not a better job of that same stuff out here on the West Coast. And so for them to put this all together where he enters the game, and it, it was it was great. And on top of that, the interview after where he's like talking shit about, well, I've never even never even walked a guy only throwing two pitches because the on-plate umpire banged him twice for the pitch clock. <laughs> like this guy's just coming in to get a fucking courtesy <clears throat> inning. So he can retire a giant and the home plate umpire is like, no, bang, that's a ball. Bang, that's a ball. <laughs> Just that's <fuck>. crazy. Like <laughs> he came in with the freaking standing ovation. Everyone's cheering for standing, him. Like that's oh, why he was late. Right. Like the, he didn't even throw a pitch. Yeah, he didn't even throw a pitch, uh, ball. <laughs> but it, it was no, a, dude, don't tip your cap. Don't take a minute to soak it all in. Throw a fucking pitch. You have 20 seconds, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. the big leagues. Dude. Yeah, we, we get it. You're an organizational legend and all that, but uh, we got a fucking game here, Serge. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, tip uh, of the cap to the San Francisco Giants and to Sergio Romo on an incredible career um, and uh, and just an incredible display of appreciation from the organization to a to a player that meant a lot to him. Cool. That the thing with the hat was really cool too. Yeah, he got far. every kid that asked him for an autograph that day 
He got every kid to sign his hat first before he gave them the autograph. And then he wore that hat out on the mound. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Got a baby. Go be a daddy. All right. Uh, happy opening day to everyone. We will be back. Uh, when's our next recording, Jake? Uh, Monday morning. Monday morning. So enjoy your weekend of baseball. We'll be back Monday morning to recap it all. Talk about the uh, all the happenings in Major League Baseball. Break it all down with uh, all your favorite baseball people. And uh, we were supposed to have an interview, but I, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> man. Just- Next week. Next week. Yeah, next next week we'll have an interview. All right. See ya. <laughs> we out.